Hello, dear friends. It's once again time for Let's Talk About Jesus, and this is your radio minister, hallelujah, Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. We're so glad to be with you today. We're so glad that you have joined us right here on WMAF. We're glad for our listening family right there in Madison, North Florida, and South Georgia, but we're also glad of our listening family anywhere in the United States as WMAF streams on the World Wide Web anywhere in the world. We're, we know we have an American Indian uh, dear lady and her husband listening to us from Arizona. We know we have a pastor from Africa who is listening to us today. We know that we have a, a, a dear brother and his family uh, from Pakistan who are listening to this broadcast today. So this little station is serving a very significant purpose in the gospel of Christ going to the nations of the world. Not only is it family-friendly programming, but it is also the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are local ministers right there in Madison that their church services are live on WMAF. And if you're sick or shut in or you can't get out or you just got home uh, from a trip, can't get to church on time, you can tune in and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ over this station. So we pray that you will pray uh, for us and for for others who are proclaiming the gospel and for WMAF in particular, that God will bless them with everything that they need to continue to be uh, what they are, (laughs) a blessing to so many people in so many places. Praise God. Well, we pray today that you will uh, be intrigued by the title of our, our teaching today. We're speaking on the subject, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And if you have your Bibles and we'll turn to St. John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 13 through 15, the words of Jesus. Listen to them carefully today. This is our second edition of this teaching. If you would like to catch up, you can come to our website, type in THCOG, THCOG, that stands for the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International, good standing since 1974. And you can find on our webpage the the editions of Let's Talk About Jesus, and you can catch up or you can listen live or download that. Uh, But right now, we're going to bring the Word of God to you from the New Testament in St. John 15, 13 through 15. And Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants. Servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of the Father I have made known to you. This is an important concept to get today from the Word of God. In a, in a house where a mighty king or a lord has servants serving he and his family, when family business was to be discussed or when close friends of the family were brought in to that inner circle, the servants were not privy to that conversation. They were out of the loop. It did not concern them. 
And Jesus said, I haven't called you servants in terms of master-slave relationship. You see, the Apostle Paul called himself Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ. And that word servant translated is doulos in the Greek, and it means a bond slave. But Paul certainly didn't have a master-slave relationship, but he had a servant-master relationship. He served the Lord with all he was and with everything that he had because he loved the Lord for loving him so much. It was reciprocal love, reciprocated love, loving Christ back for hanging on the cross, loving the Father who gave His Son to die in our behalf on the cross. That brought the deep devotion and bold courage that Paul had in his heart and in his life to serve the Lord. So Jesus said, "You're not God doesn't just want you to serve Him out of a, a slave-master relationship, but out of a friend who serves a friend that he loves relationship. It turns a job into a joy and a responsibility into a privilege and an opportunity. Praise God. It changes everything when we have a fellowship relationship with God. As it is written in 1 John, For truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Truly, our fellowship. So God wants a friendship, relationship. And that's why Jesus said, I haven't called you servants in terms of master-slave, but I've called you friends. For the servant has to leave the room. You don't go anywhere. All that the Father has said to me, I've shown it to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It is said that Howard Hughes, who had amassed $4 billion, declared... I give all my wealth for one true friend. I want you to think about that today. A man with all of this wealth and money, but he didn't know who really cared about him. One true friend, he said, would be worth all of my wealth. Oh, friend, if you won the lotto, I'm not advocating you play it or not. I'm just saying, if you won, if you had a windfall somehow and amassed a fortune overnight, you would have a whole bunch of new friends. There's no doubt about it. You would have relatives that would come out, people who don't call you and don't care if you're sick, don't know if you're alive or dead, suddenly would appear out of seeming nowhere and be deeply concerned about establishing a relationship with you. You would have co-workers on your job uh, that don't give you the time of day now that would want to be uh, your friend. Uh, Suddenly you would have friends, but you wouldn't know their motive. You wouldn't know why they wanted to be close to you. Ah, but if you had a friend, that if you had nothing would still be your friend. If you'd fail them, would still be your friend. See, that's the concept of true friendship in the Scripture in the Old Covenant. It said, And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
He's not your friend. He's not close to you because he's part of the family tree. He's close to you because he loves you. And the Bible said that a friend, speaking of this true, authentic friend, loveth at all times. Not just when you please them, but even when you fail them. They will not quit you. They will not abandon you. They will not forsake you. You see, we have a friend like that in Jesus Christ. He wanted, and God the Father wanted a relationship with us so that He gave His Son that we might establish that reconciled relationship that God may become our Heavenly Father and we may address Him as such in that intimacy of reconciled relationship. Rachel Joyce Scott of Littleton, Colorado had found a friend in Jesus Christ. And it brought a devotion, not just born out of, of, of emotion or practicing the right religion. It brought a devotion to the Lord Himself that gave her courage that is beyond anything that, that I, could, I could ever imagine except in the context of a mutual friendship that is so close that one would be willing to lay down his life for another. Because Christ laid down his life for Rachel, Rachel was willing to lay down her life for Jesus Christ. This is what she penned in her diary exactly one year to the day before her death. And I quote, It is like I have a heavy heart and this burden upon my back, but I do not know what it is. Now that I've begun to walk my talk, even my friends make fun of me. I know what they are thinking every time I make a decision to resist temptation and follow God. See, in Columbine High School, like every other high school, having your peers accept you and applaud you is so important to every person. They call me the preacher's church-going girl. I have no more personal friends at school. But you know what? I'm not going to apologize for speaking the name of Jesus. If my friends have to become my enemies for me to be with my best friend, Jesus, then that's fine with me. The young man who shot her asked, Do you believe in God? She said, Yes, and so should you. The last word she spoke before going to be with the Lord that she loved. Since that moment, the whole world has heard the teenager's testimony. Listen, friend, that devotion was not slave to master. It was friend to best friend. There's no doubt about it. God reconciled us unto Himself to have an intimate, personal relationship with us. We love Him. Because He first loved us. First John chapter 4, verse 17, 18, and 19. Listen to it carefully. It said, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear, because fear hath torment, He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And verse 19 shows us what makes love perfect. We love Him because He first loved us. 
You see, the Bible said previously in these scriptures that we have known and believed the love that God has for us. For God is love. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. For God is love. And when we receive by faith His love into our life, when we accept the fact that is declared, not just by the Holy Spirit within us, but by the cross itself. I've said it before, it's on our website, the cross. And Jesus staying on that cross screams, I love you. Make no mistake about it, it wasn't nails, it wasn't Roman guards that held him to that old rugged cross. It was his intense love for you, friend, and for me. And when we reciprocate that love, when we love him back for loving us, love is perfected, that circle, God's love for us. And our love reciprocated to Him. Our love returned to Him. Amen. Then love is made perfect. God's love for us and our love for Him. Mutual love for one another. You see, that is what is supposed to be the bond of every marriage that's going to weather the storms of life. Is because of the love we have for one another. Love given and love reciprocated. Hallelujah. Makes a bond of perfect love. God's perfect love for us and our, although imperfect, but our perfect heart of desire to love Him for loving us in spite of our faults, our fallacies, our failures, creates that circle of love given, accepted, and love returned. Perfect love like that casteth out all fear. And that's where Rachel Joy Scott's courage came from. It's that deep devotion, that established relationship. If every other friend forsakes me, it's worth it to have this friendship relationship with Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. And God, you don't have to fear the judgment to come. Because we know we are reconciled unto God. David cried out to God in time of trouble in his life. He knew that God would answer and help him. Because he believed that God loved him enough to be faithful to him. And David loved God back for loving him. This was the basis for David's trust and his faith in God for deliverance. David literally determined to call on God, therefore, all the days of his life. In the New Testament, it's put this way. Paul put it this way. Pray without ceasing. It's not just some commitment we make, something we do out of duty, but something we do out of knowledge and understanding, and something we do because we know that because we have his heart, we have his ear. And because we know He's listening with compassion and understanding when we pray. You know, the Bible put it this way, we don't have a high priest in the new covenant that is not touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly 
before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. We know we have His ear because we have His heart. We know we have His answer, His help, because we know we have His heart. Praise God. I encourage you today, dear friend, to call upon the Lord. Don't ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on yourself. Don't ever give in to the devil. Don't give way to discouragement. Having done all, stand. Having done all, just stand. Hallelujah. One of the most moving passages in English literature comes toward the end of Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities, a story of the French Revolution. Every day, a grim procession of prisoners made its way on the streets of Paris to the guillotine. One prisoner, Sidney Carton, a brave man who had once lost his soul but now had found it again, was now giving his life for his friend. Beside him, there was a young girl. They had met before in prison, and the girl had noticed the man's gentleness and courage. She said to him, If I I may ride with you, will you let me hold your hand? I'm not afraid, but I'm a little and weak, and it will give me more courage. So they rode together. Her hand in his. And when they reached the place of execution, there was no fear in her eyes. She looked up into the quiet, composed face of her companion and said, I think you were sent to me by heaven. Friend, in all the dark valleys of life, God the Father, the God of all comfort, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, is at our side. We have a friend, literally, sent from heaven. And in the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, one who is called alongside us to help. Oh, friend, it's what's on the inside that counts so much. The Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit in me, God in you, Christ in us, the hope of glory makes all the difference in the world. You'll never find a friend in this world like you have a friend in Jesus Christ. You will never find a father in this world like you have a father in the God who loved you enough to give His Son. That's why the Apostle Paul said in the New Covenant, (laughs) if He loved us enough to give us His only begotten Son, how will He not? With Him freely give us all things. He said, you're not dealing with a force aloof in heaven somewhere, untouched and unconcerned about you, but a Father who loved you enough to give His Son, a Son who loved you enough to stay on the cross in your behalf. When everything in His being and body screamed for relief from the pain and the suffering, Yet Jesus stayed on the cross. Oh, friend, do not see Him as a victim of Rome, Rome's authority of the soldiers of the Sanhedrin. See Him as what He was and what He became, a sacrifice for sin, a Lamb of God 
that takes away the sin of the world. We know we have an American Indian listening from Arizona who is, is a, 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 a friend to this ministry. And I want to say this today. I read this about being an Indian-typed friend. The North American Indians had no written language before they met the white man. Their language, however, was far from primitive. Many of the Indians had as many words in their vocabulary as their English and French exploiters. Some of their words were much more picturesque, too. For example, friend to some of the Indian tribes was interpreted as one who carries my burden on his back. One who carries my burden on his back. You know, first, first, uh, the first thing that's outstanding to me in Isaiah 53, verse 5, He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And concerning that chastisement, with His stripes, we were healed. He took the punishment. He took all of the wrath of God until it was burned out in Him so that we could be forgiven so that God could be just and a justifier of them that believe in and trust in Jesus Christ today. God is holy. He couldn't look over our sin, but He wanted a relationship with us. He didn't want us lost, banished, punished. He wanted us saved and secured. And He wanted us to live with Him in a place that He has made for us forever in a new heaven and a new earth. Praise God. He wanted death to be conquered. And He wanted us to have not only our bodies back, but a glorified body, an eternal life, age without end. And that's why He gave Jesus. That's why He came. And that's why He stayed on the cross. Jesus is our Indian-type friend. The Holy Spirit makes Him realized in our lives, in our hearts. He testifies of His love for us, for you, dear friend, and for me. And today, I know without any shadow of a doubt that God is speaking to someone in this listening audience. I know He's talking to Christians today, not about practicing your religion, our religion, our faith, more devotedly and more responsibly. But he's talking to us about having a more intimate, personal relationship with him. Remember what Paul said? He said, I really want to provoke the Jews to jealousy in the positive sense, that the Gentiles, those that had come to Christ by faith, that the Gentiles were doing by nature that new nature and that new relationship with God, they were doing by nature that that is contained in the law. Praise God. Amen. Because of this perfect love, this love received and this love reciprocated. You see, if a man loved me, Christ said, he'll keep my commandments and they won't be grievous. I'm not saying there won't be a struggle between flesh and spirit and the culture and the kingdom. 
But I am saying that if you love the Lord, you'll keep choosing light over darkness, Christ over the devil, God over the culture. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it's all because of that perfect circle of love, that perfected love. It's perfected when God's love is received and we receive Christ as our Savior. Amen. And the love is reciprocated from us back to Christ and back to the Father. Then is our love made perfect. (laughs) Hallelujah. And then there's no fear. There's where the courage comes. Hallelujah. There's where the devotion comes. And that's when serving Jesus becomes something as a friend doing something for another friend to whom we are deeply devoted today. There's a story that comes from Bible times that Paul was in prison and he was biblically more than once. Paul's under house arrest. They wanted to kill him, but on this occasion he's in prison and his fate is not known. It's not clear when he would get out and what they would do and if he would get out. And someone came to bring him uh, uh, greetings from the church and prayers from the church. And as they approached the prison, they heard Paul singing God's praises with joy in his heart. This is not in the Bible. It is a story that comes out of biblical times. And they heard him singing the praises of God with joy in his heart in that prison cell with that uncertain future according to the flesh. (laughs) <laughs> and they said, they said, what, what is it with Paul? What is it with Paul to one of the people praying outside the prison for Paul? What is it with Paul? How can he sing under such conditions? How can he praise God under such conditions? And the answer came from the person outside the prison praying for Paul and interceding. Paul is in love with Christ. (laughs) And the man who asked the question said, is that all? And the man who answered the question said, that's everything. And friend, I want to submit unto you today that that's everything as far as God is concerned, that you receive his love for you and you reciprocate that love, that you love him back for loving you for the day that you do then that circle of love is completed. And it's called perfect love. Hallelujah. Amen. And perfect love cast out all fear. Praise God. And then the courage comes to serve God and serving with devotion in the face of opposition and persecution. I don't know how bad it's going to get here in America before Jesus comes. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. And I know He holds my hand because I have His heart today. So friend, I know something about God today. I know if you don't know Him, I know what is occurring right at this very moment. I know that God is speaking to your heart. I know that God is knocking on the door of your heart. I know that God is calling you 
to Himself today. You know, the Bible said we didn't choose Him initially. He chose us. We answered a call that He gave. And we begin to understand on the very onset that God wants us to be saved. That the whole purpose of Jesus going to the cross, hanging on it, staying on it, and rising from the dead the third day is so that He could intercede the presence of God, present His blood in our behalf so we could be saved. And today I pray you won't run from God anymore. I pray that you'll run to Him. That you will be reconciled as you repent of your sin. And you turn from darkness to light. From Satan to Christ. From sin to God. And you come into this family and become a friend of God. Will you come to Him today? And if you're a Christian today, I pray that you will practice the right religion. And you'll do it for the right reason. Because you love Him back for loving you. And that you'll get in His Word, get in His house. And when you have that personal time away from everyone else, as you'll talk to Him friend to friend, mouth to mouth, heart to heart. And you will trust Him with everything and everyone in your life. And I do pray you will come back next week. And let's talk about Jesus. 